since May 18th, 2020. This is Rook. collision of contradictions that can be Iranian culture is no secret to those of us in the diaspora. Chaotic and confusing, yes, but also like a magic superpower. A combination of progress and tradition, modernism and mysticism, cutting edge and classical. These are all qualities that are musically found in our featured guest today. Hamed Nick Pei is a star vocalist, instrumentalist, and songwriter who has the voice and creative credentials to deserve his fame, but it's not all easygoing. Hamed joins me for a candid chat about challenges, depression, and destiny. This is stories from, to, and about the Iranian diaspora. I'm Gian Gomeshi. This is Rook. Welcome to episode number 10 of Rook. Hope you're doing well. Hi, Shaijan. Chatori. Ali. Ali. Good. I should mention that we've got some uh, submissions from folks, from musicians and artists out there playing our theme song. A couple of weeks ago, we... Um, we put out this call for musicians to who, who might be interested, who are listening, and hear our, our opening theme song, what you just heard there and want to do their version of it on their instrument or however genre, whatever they do. Uh, and we've been starting to get some some, um, some fun submissions. We'll play those for you on Thursday, as well as our letters, letters of the week and some uh, special guests we have on this Thursday. Info at rookmedia.com. Info at rookemedia.com is where to get in touch with us about anything, including uh, your version of our theme song. I'm I'm really excited about our special guest today, um, our feature guest. Let me start this introduction with a question, which is, why do so many significant Iranian artists and intellectuals now live and work overseas? Kind of an obvious question, but nonetheless, think about it. Bahram Bezai lives in California, unlikely to ever move back to Iran. Kehan Kalhor, a two-time Grammy nominee, is also living in the United States, as are Shirin Neshat and Reza Derakhshani. Mohsen Mahmalbaf, the renowned filmmaker, lives in Paris. Legendary author Abbas Maroufi lives in London. Parviz Tanavali, the master sculptor, lives in Vancouver. Mohsen Namju, the brilliant singer-songwriter-artist, lives in New York. Ramin Jahanbeglu, the acclaimed philosopher, lives in Delhi. Nobel Peace Prize winner Shirin Ebadi lives in London, and Golshifti Farahani calls Paris home. The list goes on and on. While decades of crisis in Iran, including the revolution, an eight-year war, significant limitations on freedom of speech, forced an intellectual migration during the last four decades, and the relocation of thousands of artists and thinkers to all over the globe. You likely know this. For many Iranian performing artists, Europe or North America or Australia, even Asia became the destination which proved both strange and opportune. 
And the impact these newcomers have on the culture of the Iranian diaspora and the Iranians living in Iran is massive. So many of them who were famous back in Iran had to face being unknown in their new home countries. And some have become extremely well-known in their new home countries, but hardly exist for their compatriots living in Iran. And then some who were not well-known in their country of Iran have become famous to Iranians while being in cultural exile. Which brings me to today's featured guest on this episode of Rook. Take a listen to this. From 2011, little taste of greetings to heart from my guest on this edition of Rook. He is a Los Angeles-based fusion vocalist, multi-instrumentalist, and songwriter. He moved to the United States for good in 2005, where he has been a pioneering and experimental artist for over a decade. His music transcends all boundaries and genres and is an artful transformation of classical Persian melodies to soulful flamenco, mystical fusion of transcendental Sufi sounds with smooth jazz, and the masterly transition of folkloric Persian ballads to Latin beats, all laced with eloquent lyrics by revered Persian poets, ancient and contemporary. Hamed Nikpay is an acclaimed live performer and a TV star. He's performed all over the world and has released five albums to date. And right now, Hamed Nikpay joins me from Los Angeles, California. Hello, sir. Hello, hello. What a pleasure <laughs> it is to finally do this. It's all mine, brother. Maybe, I mean, it's better if you're in person, but I'll take you on the phone if we have to do it this way. Fantastic, man. I, I'm, I'm so happy for the new show from you. For like uh, Everybody knows uh, about all hardworking in, uh, in your life, and I'm honored to be one of your guests finally. After previous shows, um, I believe in the new ones, and I'm so glad I'm uh, in one of your episodes. Thanks, my brother. That's very kind of you. How are you doing? Uh, If I were to ask you to describe Hamed Nikpay during a pandemic with quarantine and isolation, what would you say? Well, recently I'm a little worried about the future. But, you know, as a musician, mostly I work at home. So at the beginning... It was not that much change, but um, I have to tell, like, you know, it's, it makes me worried a little bit about the future of my work, about the life, about the world, and um, it's crazy. I mean, I know you're the kind of guy who always has a lot of projects going on, movie soundtracks, on-screen appearances, guest vocal recordings, but a a fusion musical performer like yourself really, I would guess, seems to be about the live experience. So how freaked out are you about the current pause on any live concerts? Uh, A lot, actually. Uh, I have to say, when I see uh, every single day, I see different friends, different musicians, different country on my Facebook friends list or Instagram friends list. When I see the musician friends, they, they already started uh, to perform online, sell the tickets online. When I saw one of my friends was a TV show host and, and 
in his private life, he he's a like a TV state like the games, and um, I don't know what's the name actually. Um, and right now, I saw a inter an interview two hosts from different show. They had a soccer uh, game on uh, on the TV show, <laughs> and another guy was the guy was narrating. The, the the game you know it's like a real real soccer and um it was crazy makes me worry where we are going to you know i mean, I mean you know this is people are improvising right they're trying to figure out how to how to yeah. make this work but and i asked sono so to do the 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 classical pianist this a, a couple of weeks ago but i mean it, there seems to be this notion i guess people are trying to to to, to make this work that you can somehow still get the the experience of a concert through a zoom session you know if you watch chris martin from coldplay zooming from his from his bedroom uh that exactly. that will somehow be exciting but uh, you what you do is um dare i say having seen you perform live a couple of times is a mystical kind of experience in itself of do course. you do you actually think you can communicate you what know, you do you online know, you know for me it has two sides one side, it's, uh, you know, bef the, before of the, the isolation time, I think if you tell me, why don't you do a live concert on, on Instagram or something, for sure, over 80%, I could tell, like, no, man, I don't believe in that. I would love to feel the audience. Right. And that's, that is the answer has two sides one side we miss the audience being you know when when you are uncomfortable before the show and excited to go and perform for your audience that's part of the joy part of the part of the concert right but when when you already miss that and sit in your room with your hoodies and and you want to perform of course um of course we miss a lot of of those uh feelings but can you imagine after this time everything will be normal which is i don't think so for a long time and then i think most of us uh see differently to our performance we have live performance and uh, kind of the online performances. So that's my vision. I think it has a good side and bad side, but mostly it's going to be crazy. It's, it's not easy. You can imagine tomorrow, every, everybody says, okay, we are fine. We should go out. And I'm sure at least a year, one year, we need time to yeah. uh, be, you know, comfortable with the situation. I mean, who's going to go in a mosh pit right now? <laughs> I mean, some people might, but I, I don't. Who's going to go to a festival, even an outdoor festival, where no you're one. where you're normally no cramped one. against each, each other, watching music, and yeah, I mean, it's, because it's, the OCD became epidemic. You know what I mean? Like um, every one of us, you say, "Oh, I don't know," or everyone are sick or they're good. You know that that make you know that makes sense that for a long time we are not going to be comfortable with this situation. By the way, are you wearing a hoodie right now? 
<laughs> maybe yes, maybe not. <laughs> I was wondering where the reference came from. You must oh, you're clearly wearing a hoodie. Although I hope you still have your eye makeup on. You know, it's important even at home. Uh, Hamid, how how does this how does this affect you financially? If you if you don't mind me asking you a rook question about that. Of course that. not. You know, everybody knows I, I don't have anything to hide. You know, everybody knows I say whatever whatever I want to say. It's is is it's zero, man. It's zero. Even from the outside, maybe the people think I don't need it. Actually, something happened today. I really want to share with you after this. And uh, uh, about the financial situation and the donation and stuff. And um, I'm back, man. I'm back, you know, because in the compare of the other musician, different genre like a pop, as a fusionist, as a kind of, I have a more limited audience. And I can tell you every year I had five cons, five show a year, but another musician at least they have twenty or fifteen, mm-hmm. and so now I don't have those shows. I don't have students, and um, even even the people says online, um, I I I don't I don't see myself to do that because a lot of people. They are interested about music. Most of my fans are in Iran, and that doesn't work. So it affected me. And you know, I have a lot of payments. For example, I have a motorcycle, but we have a loan. You know, well, we have to pay that. Why we have to pay for yeah. a lot of things. I want to. I'll get to the implications of what it means to have such a big fan base in Iran. But but if you're really broke, I mean, that's a very different reality from the way people may think of you as a famous guy who's probably very wealthy, riding around on his Harley, laying poolside at a mansion in California. It's it's not. It's not like here. It's not like. How how do you make sense of that disconnect between fiction and reality? It's bad. It's bad. Can you imagine? For example, I have almost one million fans. Can you imagine only 10% if they buy only $1.99 song from iTunes, how much I'm going to make? We don't have that. For example, I want to give you... What do you mean we don't have that? You mean in in Iran? They cannot. You know, mostly in our culture, basically, even they are outside of Iran, they don't understand. They have to. They have to pay for the music we worked hard for it mm. not to free download it and 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 another side in, in iran they don't have that options to pay us to yeah. buy yeah. Mm, i had a very weird and dark experience today morning like in during the covid 19 the spotify um had that idea to do uh, kind of the fundraising for the, uh, the Spotify's artists. Okay. So it was a good option. It was a good option. You know, I was not shy to say, okay. And they said, do you want to have that uh, uh, fundraising? Even you want to help your band or even you want to help, help yourself. And we can ask your fans if they like, they can donate. And it was a good idea. It was okay. Sounds good. Yeah. And today morning I woke up and I received an email from PayPal and a guy was sending me a $50 and they said, hello, sir. I hope you're doing well. Uh, this is nothing. So, but why don't you? Uh, yeah, I hope pretty soon we can have a live sessions. 
okay, very Iranian, like the health and the compare, they say, you know, instead of that one teaching, teach me with the price I paid. This is sad. I don't want to say there is not a good people out there, but lots of people, they don't know how to support. They don't understand if they want to support, they don't have to mention. If they don't support, they don't think about, they have to receive something. Right. You know what I mean? In, 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 in contribution or in, in this country, they don't mention, they just support. And, and Well, there's uh, also, but to be fair, uh, there's also infrastructure here in the cultural sector, thankfully, here by, by, I mean, for example, the Western world or North America, where you would be receiving, for example, royalties every time, you know, uh, songs are played that that uh, famous songs that you recorded in Iran um, and that you don't get from those millions of fans in Iran uh, because there's no exactly. uh, publishing uh, infrastructure there. Right. So it, exactly. it's not even a comparable paradigm. I mean, there may be people here who don't know that they're supporting artists who are uh, because fortunately some of that infrastructure is here. Some would argue it's not enough, but it does work here. So so Hamid, I mean, that, that couldn't have felt good. And you, you also don't want to feel like you're someone begging from your, your fans. Exactly. I, and I refound it. Exactly. That's why I refound it. And um, I, I said, you know, man, I was not sure what's going on, what's going on with this type of support. But it seems you are not happy because they didn't explain well to you. So please uh, accept this. I would love to return back to you because that it's not going to feel good for me. As Umar, I just immediately I canceled that hmm. because of, you say, Hamid, because exactly, made me so uncomfortable in the position I am. Another side, I was dreaming to be famous or popular or something like these days, but no, I don't like it because it doesn't help you, you make you uncomfortable right, right. that's even I'm famous the people think I, I don't need support and right, right now right. I have to the last thing we need is to give exactly. pay money so that, he's doing crazy. fine yeah, yeah. I'm in pain because, because all of my musicians they, they, they receive a lot of support they apply on, on, for the government stuff uh, they, they, you know, they are they are comfortable because they are not front row. But when you are a vocalist or band leader, or uh, you know, you are the star of the, that era, and it makes you limited, makes you shy, makes you that even you need it, you don't have, you cannot ask it. You know, that that that's if you ask me, how's the feeling? This is the feeling. Ahmed, I was going to ask you about. Uh... I mean, you've been somewhat open about the fact that you've suffered from anxiety and depression over the years. And I, yes. I feel like I can ask you it as somebody who also has suffered from anxiety. I, uh, I was going to ask you about that in the context of COVID-19. And, but, but with financial pressures that uh, you know most people are feeling, certainly, but the way you've just described it, how do those conditions or feelings become more pronounced for you no, in this, in this no, period? No, honestly, no. My anxiety and, and depression, it's, it's not, it, you know, it's more than that. You know, these days, at least, I'm married. My wife is a nurse. Work, she works and that she helps. But it doesn't mean I don't need for my side. You know what I mean? You know, when you live together, you want to contribute. It's not, it's not it, in one shoulder. Yes. It, it's supposed to be in two shoulders. You know what I mean? 
And, and, and when I am asking about this because of that position, but for me, the anxiety and those stuff, it's somehow uh, the financially these days for me is, is a little complicated. You know what I mean? It doesn't make me another side uh, with anxiety because my wife helps some part of it. But another side makes me sad because I, may, I, 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 I feel not good enough for myself these days to make myself happy and satisfied. But you don't have to you know take what? extra medication right now or, or something like that. You're not- no, no, no. I do, man. This is a long story, man. I, first of all, when I was a kid, I lost my dad. I grew up with a single mom. She was 28 years old when she had me. And we were in car accident. Can you imagine? Already, you don't have a dad. Your mom is, of course, she's depressed. Mm. And other side, she works as a nurse at the hospital. You don't see her. And you grow up with your grandma. But another side, uh, you know, you grow up, you grow up with a lots of pressure in that country, with a single mom, with a lots of things. And then you, you became a student and you became at the university, you're like studying at the university. And, but during that one, a lots of things um, helped my uh, anxiety attacks and depression. And uh, um, another side, like my mom got Alzheimer. It was another shock yeah. helped me to support the system to have uh, the anxiety attacks. So I cannot leave the medicine, unfortunately, and uh, I have to have it. And I, I, I'm okay to share with you because a lot of friends, they are depressed, especially the artists. They don't take care of it. They shy, they think if they have to take a pills or see the doctors, the people call them or crazy that or they'll be stigmatized. Well, I was, like I, I was going to ask know? you about that because particularly in the Iranian community, there tends to be, first of all, uh, you know, there's a strand of, of our culture where it's like you have to, you should be private about your, you don't tell people what to, you know, if you have some ailment or some problems or something like that. Uh, and then, and then the second part of it is, is that, yeah, I mean, just globally, I mean, hope, thankfully this is getting better, but there has been stigma around depression or is, anxiety that somebody is. will see you as some lesser version of yourself if you, if you're candid about it. So, so tell me about making that decision to be rook about that. I didn't make a decision. It's me. It's my personality. I'm, I'm, I, I'm that, you know, some people, we have two types of people. They, they hold in themselves and the people, they would love to share their life in outside. I'm, I am the second one. So um, makes me feel actually good to share. Makes me more comfortable. Makes me more normal to people around me knows and especially on, on the TV shows, uh, and, and when, you know, I've got a lot of fans uh, <clears throat> in another level, and they, they always say, oh, Mr. Nikbeh, you are very calm. Uh, your face is full of peace. Mm. And, and it's true. For you, have you. A, you have a beautiful, sympathetic face. I could be around you, man. Mm. And then they didn't know exactly the same time they saw my face on the TV, it was the horrible, worst time of my life. Mm. 
because I just recognized my mom had Alzheimer and I just recognized one of my close, I don't want to say family or other things, I don't know how to share. They got the, like, um, he became like a, um, oh my God, the lawyer for my mom or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And um, he sold our house. You know, and I was not in Iran, and my mom was at the beginning of Alzheimer. They got her signature, and that's it. And and I was it was five minutes before the TV show going on on the air live, and I have to say, you know, that's part of our acts. That's a part of the face that we learned in the time, how to control our face as a professional person. But the opposite is also true with you. You know, watching Hamid Nikpay perform is an interesting experience because it's quite um, physical and visceral. And you sometimes, you, you know, your arms are flowing, your eyes are closed. You can look like you're in pain or ecstasy. Uh, exactly. I, I know you're a performer. Uh, and, and some of that is acting. That, that, that's a performance. That is a performance. And I was going to ask if you TV, ever tap into re- this. But as a TV show, I was, I said, as a TV show, I was just a judge in the Iranian inspector. And I was, you know, I didn't act like 100%, but I could be into the show and forget for a moment. I mean, the people they see just in one hour your life, but in the reality, I want to share the people, all of us, we are the same. But Hamid, when you're you're singing, are there moments when you think about your mother or you think about difficult things and tap into that? Hold on a second, hold on a second. Hello? Hey man, that's okay. Yeah, I'm the phone man. In the interview, oh man, thank, thank you, you thank you, everyone. boss. You too. Okay, sorry about that. It was a, a drive-through or something. And it, it, the UPS, and if you didn't don't take it, they are gonna <laughs> go back, and then you have to <laughs> no, no problem. keep tracking. <laughs> So okay. anyway, um, where we are? I, I was, know. I was, I was asking if there's any, ever times when, when you know, when we see your eyes closed, when you are performing, that you are actually channeling some of the dark stuff from your it, past. Exactly, exactly. That's what I told you. So like, it's not acting. Performance in the shoot. It's not, man. It's I'm indifferent, and that's actually that's a healing for me. When I'm on the stage in that area, I'm in different journey. I forget a lot of things in my life. I'm disconnected and connected with different part of this world, you know, and, 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 and that's a relief. I love that moment. That's what I'm missing these days. Hamid, you mentioned your childhood a few moments ago. Let, let's go back to, I, I, I really sure. ho- hope to do this comprehensively in person sometime, sometime soon. But let, sure. let, for, for this interview, let, let's just go back to how this began for you and, and the music. The story goes that you were singing and playing instruments at the age, since the age of seven in Tehran. Is that true? Yes. yes. How did started, that happen? started studying. You know, uh, my mom was listening a lot to classical music, Iranian, and uh, even my mom was not from Azari side, but she was listening in the Baku music and classical music from Baku. And she was listening to uh, music a lot. And she was kind of the intellectual. And um, so uh, she was studying uh, Iranian traditional uh, singing. So it was it, it it was a good foundation for that. It was so, such an inspiration, and then after that, and um, at the age of nine, 
I just decided to follow uh, in the way I want to study because I started with classical violin and I didn't like it. And at the age of nine, I started uh, setar and tar. So um, <clears throat> that was the reason. It's such an interesting choice for a, a nine-year-old, though, to uh, or a kid, you know, yes. to be choosing this mystical poetical route when the options would be yes. the sort of the prescribed classical player or very popular, you know, pop music. You could be like, I want to be RF, you know. Uh, so, yes. so uh, why do you think my mom didn't listen? It, I think the that side is because of my mom. I don't say it's good, but she was kind of very. Dogma dogmatic, you know what I mean, in, in, in the classical. Mm -hmm. She didn't like the pop music. She for like, no, this is not a good music. We don't listen to those stuff. They are shallow. They don't have, but this is wrong. You know, when you are talking about Farhad, Daryush, Gugush, a lot of uh, Fredo Frugi, a lot of great pop music back then. So, so uh, I don't say it's good, but <clears throat> I didn't have any inspiration to listen to that. Interesting. I I want to. You you then follow this musical path, uh, and you end up studying music in Iran. Yes. And this leads up to this pivotal moment in your life, which is two thousand and five, when you end up leaving Iran. But just before that, I want to get a sense of what your music career was like in Iran. I want to play just a little something from this era sure. that you recorded sure. from the Rumi Ensemble. Take take a listen to this. Shake it up, shake it up. So that's a little bit of uh, Hamed Nikpeh yeah. with the Rumi Ensemble. This is still in yes. Iran, pre-2005. What can you tell me yes. about that time? You know that. Thanks for choosing that. I, I'm, I'm assuming the Shaya or you would listen to that album. Uh, the, the, and um, basically, we were kind of the. I was kind of the first and second generation of the fusion music that was more uh, clear in those days, and a bit, and a, a lots of critic around it. Uh, but if you're asking me, like, I don't know your exactly question is like uh, you want me to tell you about. Uh, what happened those days and no, what kind of music I was working? I, I, I guess I guess you're you're right. It, it was it was a vague question, and I uh, let me rephrase yeah. it. Do 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 you look back fondly at that time, or do you think of that as a time when you were struggling to build a music career? No, man. It was so. It was at the beginning. It was my way. It was my future. I just met uh, the, the the group and like the, that call of of They were the first. I can say they were the first instrumental fusion music after the revolution that they became famous. And, um, but they didn't have a vocalist. So a few years later, after they started that band, <clears throat> some of them, they left the band. So some of them, Perdram Darakhshani was one of the main ones, started a band that called Rumi. So I became one of the songwriters and vocalists on that band. Yes. And it was so amazing for me as a monotone musician playing tar, and, and then I feel the harmony, I feel the bass line. I feel, I, I'm studying how to hear lots of noise and voice, but how I can not losing uh, the, the main line, 
and and it was it was it was very surreal for me. So definitely was a great time for me. So if it was a great time, the music career or the, the, the this period is is a positive one for you. What leads you to want or perhaps to need to leave Iran in 2005? Few things. The most of them competition was not beautiful in Iran. Judgment of the talents for the talents was not good. What was not good examples. And I um, I was young. I was green and I was working with the other musicians, no confidence. And the other musicians, they were supporting at the same time. I was afraid of them. Like, and, and sometimes outside, a lot of musicians, they know when you want to work, instead of creating the music, you have to be worried if some people talk back about you, if some people make a problem in, in, in the way of you and the success, you know what I mean? Mm. And, 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 and if, you, if you spend that energy to control that negative energy ab- around you, you lose a lot of opportunity for creating, you know what I mean? And you felt, and, and you felt a lot of that at that point? A lot, man, a lot. And when- well, What's an young, example of that? Have, what, what is that? What's, what, that? what's an example of that? So many, man, you know, like, um, I know in around the world a lot of that maybe it's it's in any job uh, like a dentist they have it surgeon and they have a lawyers musician I know but at least if you have that negative competition you have the option that you find your own way mm. in Iran it's only one way there is no two way it's a fame and connection and a mafia. But here you can be independent, 100%. You can, of course, if you want to go like a rolling, rolling stone level, of course not, but you can have your own if you want. And also, <clears throat> I want to study, I want to learn more. So uh, I, I left Iran to Europe and the other countries, Central Asia, and then I ended up here. And after a few months, I started to perform. And it was very difficult because I was so lonely. There was not any friend, musician to count on them. You know what I mean? Did you, when you first, when you left and you go to Europe and then you end up in Palo Alto, California, and you're feeling lonely... I mean, at this point, it's been 15 years that you're pretty much, you live in the diaspora. I don't know if you have any plans ever to return to Iran, but I would assume not. Never. Did you know that then? Did did you know that this was it? That you're, you're gone forever? At the beginning, I knew it. I didn't have anything back there. I was not rich, no father, no opportunity. I was working with the musician I love, but... The concert was not enough. Uh, lots of things, lots of things, and 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 I didn't like it, man. Honestly, for a long time, I had a dream to be in U- United States, and the reason was, you know, my aunt was here. Always, she was a role model for me and my mom. And you know, when you are a kid, you want to be better. You take a look of the people you like. You know what I mean? Your favorites, and and then I, <clears throat> at the age of 27 and I ended up in Palo Alto. 
you know, we played a bit of um, greetings to heart. I don't know what what is it? Hazrat Adil? How do you? What's the no Salam Adil? Salam Adil. Salam Adil. This is from from 2011 uh, at the top of the interview. You know, that's one of your bigger songs in your career after leaving Iran. It's interesting to me because you become this. Uh, seemingly more creative, more you, you go into more interesting directions after you leave. And is it strange for you to consider that you've made music that is more resonant with Iranians outside and inside Iran since actually leaving <laughs> your homeland? Yes, because I, w- I was able to do whatever I want. In Iran, it was not only the political situation, you know, judgment, man being afraid of what they think about you. It's always with us. Always we have some imagine, some people, some person, some group of our job, our music or whatever, that it's important for us to have their approval. And you live with that for a long time. Oh, if I play this, uh, my friend probably they think is shallow and oh this is not masterful this is a you know what here fuck it man feel free whatever you want you have a chance to experiment Mm. you have a chance to create whatever you are it's endless you became unchained yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i i I feel i am over there if you depend on some people they are successful and you want to be successful with them they have control on you. No, no, don't sing like that. No, 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 I don't like it. And you see, okay, I need this guy. I have to listen to this guy. You know, that's the culture we have over there. Oh, we need this. Oh, don't be bad. But do you, don't you feel like, the- don't you feel like the, <laughs> the Iranian community has transplanted that here too? <laughs> or do you feel like that, that, that doesn't, that sort of. Exactly, man. They didn't live it. And, and, and I, I was one of the luckiest because I can tell for sure I was one and the only one in my area in San Francisco or Iranian community. 95% of musicians, they were non-Iranian. Only music director was Iranian. And, and, and that helped, man, because we were creating, creating, creating respect, respect, respect. Forgetting being selfish. Always supporting the star of that night. Always we think about if that person shine, we shine. But if can you imagine if I had Iranian uh, colleagues always? Oh, how many? Okay, how long I'm gonna have solo? Uh, oh, why your name is bigger than us in the poster? Oh, how come you make ten thousand dollars but you pay us uh, eight hundred? Well, so this is. That means I, we I, I, I didn't prep. Listen, I can I can tell you as as a guy who was in a touring band for ten years on the road around the world that that exists in the non-Iranian community too. That that kind okay. of stuff. But uh, that bothers. But but I I am assuming in the professional things, probably it's so. In that case, it depends on the people you sure join your moments sure you around with. So my band. And always they were better than me. They were super famous. The tabla player, there was a co-writer for Hans Zimmerman. My bass player, Hossein Jeffrey, was, I don't say the Yanni is the best one maybe, but he was his bass player. The drummer, Joey Heredia, he was one of the three top drummer in LA. Or You know, and always I learned from them. Always they supported me. 
always I was not uncomfortable and insecure. I swear to God. You know why? Because in that case, they are satisfied. They just look forward. Mm. You know, you know, in my in my experience, mostly the people I had a chance, you could feel their ego more than the creativity mm. in past. You know, but right now, you know, and, and in, in, in past 14 years, I really enjoyed my time. I <clears throat> I was I was late for one album to another album. I was not active that much, but I can say, if you say how come I sh- I'm I'm I was more creative, it's because I was in a right crowd. Yeah, that sounds like it. You know, you also in recent years, uh, your life changed as did your fame when you decided to take a gig as a judge on this Iranian X Factor or stage as it was called uh, that was shot in England I think right so in in, in fact you've told me uh, before that you basically can categorize your career in before and after stage since it had such an impact on you becoming a household name and I'm sure there's people who see that this interview is going to be on or, or are listening right now who go oh the guy from X Factor Hamid Nikpay why, yep. tell me why you decided to do that show I didn't want it I didn't want it, man. I, I, I'm a corner guy. I like privacy. I like, I like, I, I, I want to be in my zone. So, uh, but even like that, I, always I, I had an opportunity with me to shine based on, based on the time. You know what I mean? So in that part, my friend Raha, he was a famous host for the famous TV called Manoto. And, and, uh, and uh, accidentally after a few years, Years I was with my mom. Actually, she had Alzheimer. I was helping her to eat, and at the restaurant, and somehow he said, "Hamed, and uh, is that you?" And I said, "Oh, Rao, what do you? Where do you up to, man?" And he said, uh, "Listen, I, I'm here to produce some shows." And at the end, he said, "Man, I'm going to call you tomorrow." And then he mentioned this show, and I said, "Man, I don't feel I'm the producer in that level of the work. Hmm. I'm a little lazy for that. Also, I'm an analog guy." If you want me to produce 12 songs per week, I have to be a pianist with a mini controller and then I can come up with that. I'm an analog guy. I, I, I write on the paper. And, and I don't think I can have the time to hire the people to play this instrument, that instrument. He said, man, it's not about that. You can ask for help or anything. We want your personality, your character. I said, man, behind the scene, if I'm a funny guy or something, it doesn't mean I can be on, on this. <laughs> so anyway... I didn't accept, and he pushed me, he pushed me, so I accepted. I accepted, and my father was not famous like the other colleagues, or uh, I was not <clears throat> that famous in, as a pop, pop, pop artist or right. pop public figure. Right. I, was, I, I was well known with the music industry in, in the fusion music industry and traditional, but not that much. But I had my own fan base. I had something like 4,000 followers, and it became 7,000. And then, uh, so I had five comments on my music and I was sure all of them, they listened to my music. <laughs> Even they were critic, they knew my music. But right now, you don't know it. A lot of them, they just like your personality on the show. Now you have a million uh, on your Instagram. <laughs> yes, I do. So, <laughs> I so do have. And, does it and mess I, with your head? when you're the kind of musician you were, you know, below it's the radar of, of, of the big pop it's world. Not, it's, not, it's not healthy. Well, tell it's me. not healthy at all. And I, and I learned it's not easy, man. 
when you expose to that level of the fame, your fame as a fusion music become as an actor for the Iranian TV show. You know what I mean? You know, you know, like suddenly and you see, wow, lots of people, they give you love, love, love. Okay. But after that, lots of things you don't know. You cannot be in touch with them directly. You don't have to answer. And I said, no, I have to be humble. I have to. One year takes to, I, I learn if you, if you, they say something, they write to you. If you say, thank you, thank you. That means you're in relationship with them. <laughs> and they say, oh, the other side, the people don't answer. They say, oh, this guy is, has ego. No. You know makes you afraid of the stalker makes you afraid of the people they don't respect your privacy but but and in after, wanting to yeah. in wanting to appease or please all of those new fans does it mess fuck with your head in terms of the creativity of of saying Mostly, oh now i have to write a pop song that dude, that the exactly. 1 million people are from x factor are going to like because if i go back and do my roomy ensemble kind of stuff they're not going to totally get it and i have to this is my bread and butter now 100% it takes a year and a half i became i came back to my to my roots for one year and a half, I was in a big confusion between the people. They said, you know, man, you have a bass, right? Have lots of good fan, and you have to create song every month. I said, man, I'm not a pop musician. In pop culture, mostly each month on the radio, Javon, you have to have one song. It doesn't work for me like that. And then I, I was trying to switch from the fusion, fusion, world music fusion to switch to pop fusion. And I didn't want it. And I worked hard to not go there. I was close with some couple single song. And it was so popular. And then I came back. I can't switch back. And, it's not worth it to and, you. Uh, and then I made Mimi Ram, which is a kind of the new age kind of fusion. Very minimal pop. And then recently, I'm <clears throat> I changed my genre to the funk music. I'm producing and different different songs. So let me get let me get back let me get let me get back to that. Try and try and think of an example of a pop act that is not, uh, you know, it's not your cup of tea in terms of what the kind of music you would make. I don't want to throw any. Uh, I don't any, say it's bad. I no, I know, I know, I know you yeah. don't. I know you don't. But uh, but let's say let's say the. I mean, let's not make it Iranian. Let's say ABBA. <laughs> you know, or, or something. Exactly. If someone came to you right now, are you saying that if somebody came to you right now and said, Hamid Nikpay, I'll give you $5 million to record The Winner Takes It All by ABBA. It's going to be a, I, pop, it's going to be a pop song. You're going to have to dress uh, dress up in a nice, uh, nice outfit for the pop audience and, and look like a, you know, this certain way. And, and but uh, 5 million bucks, what do you do? Do, um, Definitely, even they offer hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> even they say uh, fifty thousand dollars in that situation. I would say probably, but I'm uh, but I'm sure. But I'm sure that um, uh, I will do my touch to 
at least save some of my signatures on it. Okay. And 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 then I ask, but in a real time, the thing that you mentioned was so important and so true was those days I was confused. Makes you so confused that you want to keep your fans happy. This is not healthy. This is not healthy. You have to be yourself and they have to adjust and they have to choose. They like you because of your music, your genre. And it's not easy to feel yourself. And takes month and month for me. And right now I'm cool. I know what am I doing. And, and, but those days, definitely I it's, was... It's also was not lost. easy because you're displaced from them. So let's get back to what you mentioned earlier, which is that you develop this massive following, much of which, most of which, is in Iran. Yep. So that's got to feel good, but it's odd at the same time because you don't always yes. have direct access to the place where you're most popular. Yes. So tell me about that contradiction. Basically, God bless uh, social media and sometimes down with social media. <laughs> yeah. So, but the, the, the social media makes it more easier these days. You know, and so they can be in touch with you more than before. Um, you can have your own show online. You can have your performance online that we talk. But for me, um, honestly, the opportunity for me is more, my problem is more financially. You know what I mean? Like they say, I work hard for this kind of, what this large number of the fan to have a better financial lifestyle. I don't say it's, I'm a materialistic person. I don't say money, money, money. I, I'm just, okay. I'm just sharing with you the reality of the problems and good things to be in this situation I am. You know, you, you talked to, uh, a couple of minutes ago about um, moving in different directions, funk and and uh, different uh, uh, new new arenas of, of musical styles. You make these interesting music decisions. Last year, you recorded a song with a popular Persian hip-hop artist. Let me just play a bit of this for the audience. Take a listen to this. Sure, sure. <laughs> So that's a little taste of Mad Jang released last year. That is Erfan, uh, Asadi, yeah, yeah. and my guest today, the singular Hamed Nikpay, who you just heard on vocals. So I happen to be a real fan of Erfan, but he, he's not the most sophisticated artist in terms of poetic lyrics or you know mystical sounds. So tell me about the decision to work with him. So being a fusion vocalist, so always I'm open to any genre, any music that I like. I like collaboration. And uh, I listen to the music they share, and if I feel that I can share my best on that program, that project, I'll do that. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not actually limited like some of my colleagues that they don't 
share the music for a specific music. I believe in music, good music. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, and he came up to me uh, with a DJ, uh, and um, and he's a very talented uh, Asadi, and um, he played the song. He used a sample of this Bakhtiari, uh, the Nomads of Iran. Yes. Um, and and he played that. What he was he used the wrong part of it. So middle of the meaning of that line, he cut it and and he used it. And I said, you know what? This idea is beautiful, but you cannot cut in half whenever whenever you like. So you have to use the whole part. Also, the singer of this song is still alive, and I rather to sing it for you to tell you use this and then you want me to improvise in the middle of the song so and they said you can't sing lori or bakhtiari and you know the musician they know it's not easy when you are not that part of iran to sing exactly like them but i tried and it seems they liked it and that's it that's it so so so, so they don't so so when you do because you do a lot of these kind of i mean i was watching you for example doing your interpretation or version of um hallelujah uh, Leonard Cohen's famous uh, uh, yeah, piece. Yeah, with Yasmin Levy. Correct. And 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 the way you, uh, I was curious about whether that's prescribed, whether anybody ever tells you um, where they want you to go vocally, or or if that's always just Hamed Nikpay. Um, that's always me, and I, I'm 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 an improviser. My specialty is to improvise. I I work a lot. I have practice in my life, and I have basically. I have got to do that. I don't need practice to do that. I share my moments immediately. I don't create. I don't design. I don't, you know what I mean? So, so, uh, Yasmin Levy, you know, is one of the best world singer world in world music, uh, from Israel. And this song, this version of Hallelujah, it's not from me. It's from her. Hmm. And I was looking for a lyrics that I can fit it in so Shafi Katyani I found it and thank God I could match that <laughs> lyrics with, with the music. You know, uh if you were here right now, I would say I would like pull out a guitar and say, okay, let's go and do some improvisation. And it occurs to me, I you you're both I'm gonna make you both very uncomfortable probably with this, but Shia uh from Dang Show, of course, and and now uh, happily a member of our Rook team here too is is uh happily for us that is is on the other side of the glass. So I want Shia to send you some music, and then you improvise on top of it, and then we'll play sure, it on the show. <laughs> will, it, can you, will you do that, Shia? Yeah, that would be my pleasure. If Hamid, if if I can collaborate with Hamid in anything, I thank I, you, man. Yeah, that would be pleasure, pleasure is all mine, man. No pressure. It doesn't have to be a big fancy recording, you know. No, man. Shoot me some E minor or A minor D, whatever. <laughs> All right, we'll try and hook that up. Um, let me ask you before I let you go, Hamid. It's like, man, it's, it's sure, such man. it's such a pleasure to talk to you. Your your candidness, you, your openness is is so refreshing and beautiful, and and I think people really uh, you, appreciate that about you. If I if you know, we've talked about so many dark things in this interview, from uh, depression to COVID nineteen to dealing with um, sure. uh, issues around uh, uh, competition, etc. Sure. What what would you say makes you happiest these days? Happy myself, or you want me some advice or suggestion? No, or happy what, yourself. What? what makes Hamid Nikpay happy? Finish my late homeworks. 
unfinished homework. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had a lot of project that I didn't have enough time based on my speed, you know. And uh, because, you know, I have ADD. And so uh, I can focus easily. A lot of musicians, they have it. And, um, and so I have a lot of open project few from last, week, last year and a couple years ago. So um, step by step, I'm getting there. And I have more time to not think about the deadlines. That's a good thing for me. And, um, but honestly, uh, I miss something out there as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Listen, man, I want to go out on a song that, um, um, there were so many options with you, but uh, this one, because it was just so recent as well, we, it was released, in fact, this past month. Uh, this sure. is another collaboration, this time with our talented friend from uh, here in Toronto, Mehran sure. Aminion, sure. um, uh, which, with, with a spectacular video. I don't Where, where were you guys? You were in, 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 I know uh, if you want to make a video clip in Toronto or here, probably you're going to spend the money that we can travel in different country with a better quality and option of creativity for a videographer from Iran. They, and we calculated and the money was fit with his budget and we, because I used to go to Georgia, the country. Oh, it's uh, Georgia. And, uh, and uh, I asked my friend to came over, very creative team. Uh, and, Tbilisi? Uh, uh, that's it, man. Yeah. I was wondering because I'm watching it thinking, is this a green screen? Like, have they done this through commu computer? Because <laughs> it's so incredible. This, the vista of the mountains while you guys sing this song. Uh, they were so, they were all real. Only the part that uh, my wife was an actress. So she jumped in the glass. Yes. That was the kind of the effect and something they came up. But the other, the, or the fire on the stairs at the beginning, they, they put over there. But, uh, most of what they were real man they were real with the drone and he is very talented he's from north of iran very small village in iran but he is self-taught um and um so um that's it man it's such a pleasure talking to you stay safe stay sane uh stay mizun and um, <laughs> I can't wait to, to see you in person once all of this pandemic stuff well, is done. Ben, thank you so much. Merci à Jean-Jean. Merci à Chaumont. Thanks for giving me this opportunity. And uh, It's an honor. It's an uh, honor for us and a pleasure. My um, conversation was not too detailed and boring. And um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed sharing with you my private life. Thank you, my brother. You take care of yourself, okay? Sure. Take care, man. Bye Have bye. a good evening. Bye-bye. Singer, songwriter, musical artist, performer, Hamed Nikpay. He joined me from Los Angeles, California today. Let's go out on this song just released from Hamed and Mehran Aminian Ashof Dedel. This is Full Time for Rock today. Thanks to our incredible little team. Remember, you can subscribe at YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And email us at info at rookmedia.com. It will work. Mizu and Bashi. Dere
در دنبال تو در گلشن و در بوس تو می جوید و تمثال تو با چشم سر می جویدت با چشم دل می پویدت کالیز تو این دیدگان این سینه مالا مال تو من بازو تو روشن فال تو این منو 